0: AT&T Fiber Live Like a Gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. In a world full of bizarre events, unsolved mysteries, and a billion stories from all corners of the globe, some news gets lost in the shuffle. This is your gateway to the stories on the fringe of the mainstream map. These are your dispatches in the dark. I'm Ben Bolin, and this is the Strange News Daily. Our first story. The origin of the novel coronavirus, known as COVID-19. As the outbreak spreads and city after city institutes quarantine measures across the planet, it's no surprise that conspiracy theories have proliferated, and the same hyper-connected social media that makes folks feel a little less isolated can be a virtual highway of misinformation. From shadowy rumors of predictions and works of fiction, to confirmed conspiracies such as the insider trading conducted by at least four members of Congress— It's easy to understand why people would be skeptical of official narratives, why it would be easy to believe almost anything about the spread of coronavirus. We'll get back to those Congress members later in today's show. But first, one of the biggest conspiracy theories about COVID-19 has been seriously challenged, if not debunked. A recent paper in the journal Nature Medicine appears to debunk the rumor that COVID-19 was somehow engineered in a lab. As one of the authors, Christian Anderson, Ph.D., an associate professor of immunology and microbiology at Scripps Research, explains, his team was able to compare the genome sequence of COVID, also known as SARS-CoV-2, to other related coronavirus strains. Remember, there's more than one coronavirus. Coronaviruses are a huge family of viruses, and they can cause illnesses that also have a wide variance in severity. The first known severe illness caused by a coronavirus happened in 2003, SARS, Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, the epidemic which broke out in China. Shortly after the newest epidemic began, Chinese scientists sequenced the genome of SARS-CoV-2 and made the data available to researchers worldwide. Anderson's team used this data for comparison and focused on two specific aspects of COVID's genetic template, the receptor binding domain, or RBD, and the cleavage site. The RBD is like a Batman-esque grappling hook that grips onto cells, and the cleavage site allows the virus to open and enter those host cells. According to Anderson, these two features of the virus, the mutations in the RBD portion of a spike protein and its distinct backbone, rule out laboratory manipulation as a potential origin for SARS-CoV-2 because it works too well, according to the scientists, to be anything but natural selection. The evidence for natural evolution is supported by data on COVID's backbone, its overall molecular structure. If, for instance, someone were seeking to create a new coronavirus as a pathogen, they would have constructed it from the backbone of a virus known to cause illness. But scientists have found that the COVID backbone differs substantially from those of already known coronaviruses, and it mostly resembles related viruses found in bats and pangolins. Current research points to two possible origin stories for COVID. One, zoonotic transmission from human to animal. To put it bluntly, Bats. COVID is very similar to a bat coronavirus. Now, there are no documented cases of direct bat human transmission yet, and this may suggest that an intermediate host was involved in the chain of transmission between bats and humans. The second potential origin story a non pathogenic version of the virus jumped from an animal host into humans, and then the virus evolved to its current pathogenic state within the human population. Research is ongoing, but for now, this has done little to quell fears that COVID is a man made disease. A view touted by everyone from social media pundits to members of the Chinese government. Our second story takes us beyond the bounds of Earth, but just down the street in the neighborhood of our solar system, about 79.28 million miles closer to the sun. The planet Mercury has the distinction of being both the smallest planet Sorry about that, Pluto, and the closest planet to the sun. A single day on Mercury lasts 176 Earth days, but a year takes 88 Earth days. It's bizarre math, but Mercury has always been a creature of contradictions, and scientists believe they've found a new one to add to the list. Ice. That's right. There is ice on Mercury. It sounds impossible. Earth is about 92.96 million miles from the sun, but Mercury is only around 42.83 million miles away from that giant nuclear thermoreactor in the sky. So how could there be ice there? According to the newest reports, the sun might actually be helping the planet generate ice. Thanks to extensive observations by NASA, we've known there was ice on Mercury for nearly a decade. But scientists at Georgia Tech have figured out how water can collect and freeze on a planet where temperatures regularly rise to 400 degrees Celsius, that's 750 degrees Fahrenheit. Grant Jones, a researcher in Georgia Tech's School of Chemistry and Biochemistry, and the lead author of this newest study, says that the minerals on Mercury's surface contain groups of bonded oxygen and hydrogen atoms. These are known as hydroxyls. Protons from the solar wind, that's the unending stream of charged particles coming from the sun, are pretty common on the surface of Mercury because there's not enough of a magnetic field to repel the particles. These positively charged subatomic particles, or protons, migrate across the planet and then implant themselves into the soil and the hydroxyl groups. The sun's searing heat energizes the hydroxyl groups, causing them to crash into one another, and these collisions create water, which of course is also made from hydrogen and oxygen in different proportions. And once the water is there, some of the molecules get broken down by sunlight and dissolve into their elemental components. Other molecules escape from the surface and fly into space. However, a few water molecules escape these harrowing fates. Instead, they land on the poles of Mercury, where they make it into the safety of permanently shadowed craters. And the temperature in those strange craters? About minus 200 degrees Celsius, or minus 330 degrees Fahrenheit. It's a little like the song Hotel California, says Principal Investigator Thomas Orlando. These water molecules can check into the shadows. But they can never leave. Our last story. Those senators we mentioned earlier in the show. Several of them sold off large amounts of stock after being briefed privately about the spread of the coronavirus on January 24th. The Senate Health Committee hosted a private all senators briefing from administration officials, including the CDC director and Anthony Fucci, the head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. Senators Kelly Loeffler from Georgia, Richard Burr from North Carolina, Diane Feinstein from California and Jim Inhofe from Oklahoma sold off millions of dollars of stock in the weeks before the United States and the world descended into economic and social panic over COVID-19. Feinstein sold somewhere between $500,000 and $1 million worth of stock in a company called Allergene Therapeutics on January 31st. That's less than a month before panic about the virus affected the stock market. Inhofe is believed to have dumped as much as $400,000 worth of stock on January 27th. According to ProPublica, Senator Burr was receiving daily briefings on the spread of the coronavirus while he dumped as much as $1.7 million worth of stock on February 13th. That's about a week before the panic hit the market and sent them on a downward plunge. Burr also warned wealthy donors about COVID at a private luncheon for the Capitol Hill Club, where according to secret audio obtained by NPR, he said, quote, There's one thing that I can tell you about this. It is much more aggressive in its transmission than anything that we have seen in recent history, he said, adding, it is probably more akin to the 1918 pandemic, this being a reference to the Spanish flu of 1918. Senator Loeffler is thought to have sold as much as $3.1 million worth of stock from January 24th, the day she attended that private briefing, through February 14th. Critics say this is clear insider trading, and note the senator's public statements downplaying the threat of the virus, particularly Senator Burr's statements, which directly contradicted his private warnings to his wealthy associates. That's all for today. Thanks, as always, to our producer, Dylan Fagan, our research associate, Sam Teagarden, and thanks to you. See you tomorrow, and until then, stay strange. information.